Welcome back to the show, everybody. Boy, oh boy, do we have a treat this week. She's not only an internationally renowned singer-songwriter, she's a perfect example of taking raw stage skills, talents, and techniques and transferring them to leaders so they can communicate more effectively. From the Harvard Kennedy School to Fortune 500 companies, government agencies, and nonprofit organizations around the world, she has what it takes to help you command the room, influence others, and speak with impact. Best-selling author, international speaker, and thumb-picking guitar player, which is a feat in and of itself for anyone of you who don't know what that means. It's a thing, right? So I suggest you listen closely to what she has to say. So lean in, take some note, and reach out to us after the show. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Allison, the Renaissance woman, Shapira. I mean... The crowd is going wild. You can hear him. <laughs> Hello. Thanks you for being on the show. How you doing? I'm doing great, Sly. Thanks for having me. What a treat. Oh, this is going to be so great. Just to give you a little glimpse of what's going on here. We're helping a very real fictional character named John. And I also have a few Joannas, right? A very intelligent person. So you know these people. It's not like they do not know what they're talking about. The message is there. They know what to say. They're knowledgeable, a great doctor, a great dentist, a great executive. But for some reason, and I've seen it in multiple countries hundreds of times, they transform into a little person on stage and deliver shitty speeches shaking like this. So, I mean, we have the expert here, one expert, and we're asking, can you please give John a hand? Why do smoke speeches suck so bad? How can you avoid some of these pains? You know, just this just open the field and let's just talk about it for a while. So what do you say? I actually don't think that most speeches suck. I think most people don't have the skills to give an effective public speech. It's as if we're we've never played a guitar in our lives and then somebody hands us a guitar and we go on stage and all of a sudden we have to perform. We're certainly not going to perform at our best if we've never learned how to play the guitar. So it's the same thing with public speaking. I think a lot of people have something to say. Well, really everyone, whether it's John, Joanna, or anyone else, everyone has something to say. They simply need a process in order to craft that message in a clear and concise way. And then they need techniques to build their confidence so that when they go out on stage, they're bringing their best version of themselves on stage as opposed to the night before the presentation, pulling an all-nighter, cramming to get that speech done, not really knowing how to do it, and then going on stage trying to sound like their boss or somebody else that they think they should be speaking like. So I, I really think it's our lack of skills that hold us back when we speak. And I, I don't think there are any boring speakers. I think there are only bored speakers. And if we're bored with our subject matter, we're going to be boring speakers. Huh. The difference between bored and boring. Can you elaborate on that? Well, when we, we don't connect to the content that we're delivering, then our audience can't connect with it. So a lot of times people will say, oh, I think I'm a, think I'm a boring speaker and that's why I'm not very good on stage. And my point to them is 
let's find something within the content that you do like, that you can connect with. And when you connect with what drives you in that message, in that content, then you won't be bored. And when you deliver the speech, you won't be boring because you're interested. It will, it will naturally increase your presence and your poise and your energy in a way that the audience will relate to. So the inner connection inside you will help you connect deeper within the crowd, which helps them make deeper connections within themselves, which then moves them to action. A hundred percent. You said it perfectly. Yeah, th th this goes to my, my three levels of storytelling. There's a story you're telling yourself about what you're saying, what you're doing. There's a story you're telling with your face and your hands and your body language. And there's a story that they're telling themselves about whatever you're selling, pitching, or presenting. And the most important of the three stories, if, if people are speaking to sell, is the stories that the people are telling themselves. If, if you want them to move them to action, it's the story within their own minds. And then we can backwards engineer, but I, I, I'm so happy to have you here. Quick, quick. I'm not sure if you will agree or if we can make a side note on this. Not sure if, if you know. Richard Bandler, the creator of the NLP, is a drummer. Also plays keyboards. I had the president of the Global Speakers Association, Steve Lowell, certified speaking professional on the show. He's a musician. We have Allison here, certified speaking professional, musician. I also teach presence for public speaking purposes on physical stages, musician. So if we take that together and we take the fact that nobody would ever, ever, ever hire a drummer to do their taxes, why would someone listen to any office employee when it comes to stage dynamics? It just blows my mind. Why would people, yeah. So are you asking why do people expect your average person to be able to give an effective speech on stage when they're not professionals? It's just, uh, it's, it blows my mind why anyone would listen to non-stage performers for stage performance tricks. Like any office, like the same thing you would not hire a flutist to decide on international tax strategies on the mergers and acquisition deal. You wouldn't listen to any office employee about stage dynamics and presenting. I think that there are many different skill sets that we build. And if that flute player, that flautist also had a CPA and, and had gone through the training to, to advise you on your taxes, then of course you would listen to that person. So what you're saying is just because you trained in one field doesn't make you competent in another field. That's true. As stage performers, the skills that we build to perform effectively on stage are actual, actually very, very helpful in the field of public speaking because they're transferable. Breathing and breath support for a singer or, or wind instrument player are critical. The ability to connect with your audience, whether it's through eye contact or, or if you don't make eye contact with the, the, the instrument that you're playing, there are other ways in which we connect with an audience. But ultimately, it does come down to connection between the performer and the audience. And in public speaking, it's the same thing. It's about that connection between the person speaking and their audience with one big difference that may or may not impact a musician. Many times musicians are performing something somebody else has written. 
So for me, as an opera singer, I performed Mozart, Puccini. It, it never occurred to me to stand on stage and perform my own material. It's like, who do you think you are? But in public speaking, now all of a sudden, I have to craft the message and then get on stage and publicly on the record, take responsibility for that message, that adds an entirely new level of vulnerability and accountability. And as a singer-songwriter, I had to grapple with that because now all of a sudden I'm writing the music. As a speaker, the stakes are even higher, especially if we're representing an organization and now we say the wrong thing. I mean, as a performer, we've all played the wrong notes from time to time. Now imagine that you're a speaker, you say the wrong thing because it just comes out wrong. And all of a sudden, that's what's picked up in the news as the policy change of your organization. So the stakes are much higher. And that's where as performers, we also have to turn more to the messaging component, which is not something that we've been taught. This is so nice. Thank you. That's why I teach body language presence, because a lot of times people cannot say what they want. And speeches and communiques have to go through legal before. So by the time you get to say it, it's vanilla bland with like you can't say nothing. But the internal state needs to be strong and powerful to deliver that thing. So I love to have you here so we can talk about the inner game of presenting. Whatever comes out of your face, the way you feel inside, we can go into that angle if you like. Or if you like, just yesterday. Uh, someone asked me about breath, so I went on a 15-minute skit about breath and the whole things that you can do with that. So maybe how breath relates to self-control, relates to posture, relates to how to say things. Even though you're saying a vanilla message, maybe you, you can emphasize certain words or certain ways of saying things that you can still convey a message without saying it, if that makes sense. Sure. And, and I want to, I also want to provide an alternate perspective here, even if the language has gone through legal and is something that, that the company stands behind, that doesn't mean it has to be boring. You can still put your own personal spin on it through the stories or anecdotes that you share and through the level of passion and determination that you bring to the words. So we all, we have to be able to do that because, because otherwise it, we have to, you know, we, it's up to us. We can do that with some practice and foresight. Uh, to answer your question about breath, when I teach breathing as it relates to public speaking, I, I address breathing from two angles. The first angle is how do I use breathing to self-regulate, to calm my nerves before I enter a room for a difficult conversation or go on stage for a high stakes presentation. So I can use breathing as a way of calming my nerves and counteracting that fight or flight response that's going on when I think about that situation. The second angle that I take when I'm talking about breathing is how do we harness the power of our breath to project our voice, whether or not we have a microphone, regardless of the size of the room. Because so often when we get nervous, our vocal cords constricts, our, our throat constricts, and we don't let out that sound. And we're taking the power out of our words. So I teach people not only how to breathe in, but how to exhale and speak on the breath in a way that projects our voice forward. And that's something that as a singer, I'm uniquely qualified to teach. It's something that's so critical, and yet so few of us ever study it unless 
or actors or, or speakers? Exactly. A lot of people live the cubicle life or the deluxe version of that, which is the office life, you know? So used to projecting about two feet and a half in front of them to people one-on-one, sitting at the desk, speaking on the phone. All of a sudden, you take that away. What's the biggest shift you see in? That's the thing I think you would be uniquely suited to speak to that subject. I speak about this all the time. The difference in office dynamics and stage dynamics. So someone is the boss, is the VIP, is the president, whatever it is, like the, depending on the organization. In that structure, people relate to that person a certain way. Status is, you know, set. That person is the boss. But as soon as you set foot on stage to deliver that presentation, office dynamics poof, just fly out the window immediately. So how does someone can go through there and by the way they stand, by the way they speak, by the way they project, by the way they talk, by the way they think about themselves, establish this position of authority, status, and rapport with the crowd once they get on stage? It's such a nuanced answer to that question because your title, your role doesn't go away the moment you stand on stage. In fact, when, when I work with someone who's a very confident presenter or confident speaker one-on-one -on -one in a casual setting, my goal is to get them to be the same person on stage as they Beautiful. are off stage. Thank you so much for saying that. Beautiful. So they don't, they don't have to go into presenter mode and put on this formal aura when they go on stage. The best speakers are simply the best version of themselves on stage as opposed to a nervous, insecure version. And I'll also say, yes, your title walks up on stage with you, but I don't want you to be defined by your title because what about those people who are going into a new situation where they don't have that formal authority to carry them? How are they qualified to speak? Why should an audience listen to them? It actually doesn't have anything to do with their title. And that's why we talked earlier about building your sense of purpose from the inside out, because it's that sense of purpose and connection to the material, why it's important, why you care. That's what gives you the confidence and authority and presence on stage, not your title. I love it so much. I feel like I hear myself speaking through you so with a with, like with a nicer smile it's it's amazing thank you so much quick last question then we move on to the um, au revoir for today could you explain like everybody knows speaking is good for credibility if you have a book it's good for book sales if you have a business it's good for the business if you everybody knows it's kind of good uh, you could take it either way. You can take it to the different, like, where would you be if you had not invested in yourself and learned all that public speaking and stage presence stuff? And, or if you want to take it the direction of a kind of a before and after of the same person in the situation of X person not using public speaking to grow their business, influence, impact your ideas and doing so, you know, open-ended. The, the, real, the question is, what's the value? What's the impact of investing in your speaking skills? That's really what you're asking for. 
And the impact is incredible on every part, in, regardless of the kind of job you have. If you're an engineer, your ability to speak clearly and concisely and confidently about the technology that you're building leads to your ability to move into leadership, to persuade others to adopt that particular technology. So it helps you progress in your career. If you're certainly, if you're you you want to move into the thought leadership field where you have a particular point of view on a topic, your ability to speak clearly, concisely, and persuasively about that topic is what will help you elevate that topic so that people start to pay attention and take action on it. So your ability to, to speak clearly and concisely about anything leads to more visibility for that thing, whatever it is, whether it's a topic, an issue, a community that you care about, and your ability to elevate yourself as the speaker, as an authority, as a trusted resource in that field. So it, it's helpful whether you're an individual contributor, a manager, certainly as you move into senior leadership, it's your communication skills that help you get ahead and help you positively exercise leadership. You can start creating waves and rising seas raise all the boats, and you happen to be one of the boats. The best investor of all time, Warren Buffett, said that investing in public speaking is the single best investment he ever made his entire life. So what are we going to do? Wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree. So thank you so much for watching. I'll pass it to Allison for her last words of wisdom. Before I do, just want to encourage everybody, if you want to know more about Allison, check out the links in the show notes. Check out about her. If you want to know more about me, check out the links in the show notes. I encourage everybody to keep on rocking the free world and free is written in all caps, baby. Last words of wisdom. I would encourage you to remember that public speaking is a skill, not a talent. It's not something any of us needs to be born with. None of us are born with it. Every single one of us gets better through practice and feedback. And that's what I encourage everyone to seek out. I know that was the last words of wisdom, but I got to add for people who don't know, I used to stutter like you see in the movies. I couldn't even speak. And English is my second language. So if someone can go from not even able to speak in another language and then being interviewed on TV in multiple languages, I mean, this is a learnable skill. So listen intently to what Allison says. Um, if we, people want to check out your book, I, I think you have two now, right? I, I have one. Uh, Speak with Impact, How to Command the Room and Influence Others with HarperCollins Leadership. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere they consume their books. I also recorded the Audible version myself. So if they want to hear me speak the book out loud, they can buy it on Audible. And when you listen to the audiobook, think about that smile. See you next week, everybody. Thank you. Merci beaucoup.